Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hi, and welcome to Off the Menu. I'm Lisa Endicott, owner of Endicott PR. On today's episode, we'll be speaking with David Holbin. He's the senior executive chef of Perry's Steakhouse and Grill. Let's join David and hear about his last 25 years demonstrating excellence in the culinary industry. All right, so joining me today is Dallas star chef David Holbin. Thank you so much for joining us today and helping us celebrate the 25th anniversary of Restaurant Week, of which you've been a big, big part. My pleasure. It's been just a few years now. <laughs> uh, yeah, with Restaurant Week, and it's it's been an exciting time. So you've been a part of just the most seminal premier restaurants in Dallas. So the one that I have a history with as well is the Riviera. So can you take us back to that time and some of the, you know, the glorious days of the Riviera on Lover's Lane? Um, you know, step, paint that picture, if you will, for listeners. Um, well, the Riviera, after I graduated from the uh, Culinary Institute of America back in 1990, uh, I interviewed, uh, this is just one step before the Riviera. I interviewed with uh, Chef Peter Schaffrath, who came over from England, a German chef with Hans Bergman, who had Casserelle for many, many years here in, in Arlington, and uh, decided to come down to Dallas, Texas. I was a Midwestern boy, didn't know where Dallas was in Texas, came down in my little U-Haul, you know, back in 1980 with a mediums on fire and that was like one of the hottest summers and uh came to dallas when i came to dallas uh i worked at the cafe royal and the cafe royal was the first nouvelle cuisine restaurant in dallas back in the day is the same time that stephen pyle opened up uh uh Street cafe yes. so we were like competing against each other but that's where I learned structure in a restaurant. You know, we had the old brigade system, chef saucier, chef entremetier, and uh, learned great skills, how to do things the right way. And, and the quality of the food was the most important. And uh, after a year's time, I won a scholarship and went to France and through the CIA, which I graduated from, and through Trust House Forte, who uh, owned uh, the Cafe Royal or managed Cafe Royal. 
uh, and went to France. And I was able to work with Roger Verger in the south of France for six months, which was an incredible opportunity and just to, to live and be a part of instead of going into a restaurant like that to working every day in a restaurant was great. And then I went for four months to Paul Bocuse up in Lyon and then to George Sank uh, three months to finish up my, my stint in Paris. And uh, I had received a phone call when I came back. I was supposed to work for Trust House Forte for the next couple of years. And I received a phone call from Franco Bertolazzi, the owner of the Riviera, who was the maitre d' of the Cafe Royal beforehand, which I worked with uh, when I first came uh, down to Dallas. And he said, David, I'm thinking about doing a, a small little, maybe three-star restaurant, casual restaurant uh, uh, in the Park Cities. Would you be interested? And uh, they offered me a position, Trust House Forte, in New York City at a, uh, at a rate less than I was making before I even left. So I said, Franco, I'm going to come down and have a, uh, have a chat with you. And this was with, uh, with Lori Finkelman at the time. We went, uh, she went uh, uh, after I did. And we came down and uh, we met with Franco. And he told us what he wanted to do. And we were very, very excited because uh, he wanted to do food from the south of France, northern Italy, food that we had just studied and, and became a part of. We opened up the Riviera. And slowly but surely, after about six months, that casual little three-star restaurant turned into Dallas's longest five-star running restaurant. And what made that Riviera, to me, was it was always all hands on deck. There was such a passion for what each individual person did from the valet. When, when, the, when you pulled up in your car, if you were there before, he'd remember your name. Franco would lead you in. He'd remember where you sat before, sat you down at the table. Uh, Michelle, his brother-in-law, was there for many, many years. Hector Garcia was there for many years. Uh, and then uh, with myself and Lori in the kitchen, no plate ever went out of that kitchen without us eyes upon it or our hands touching it. And we, one of us was always there. And that passion for that food and that quality and, and the guests that came in, we were able to go out and greet the guests and talk to the guests and be a part of. Um, so it was all hands on deck from the Riviera. From the, from the moment you uh, pulled up to the valet, from uh, when you left, uh, Franco there always saying goodbye and see you next time. And uh, it was a great experience. I remember the reservations were not by computer. They were in a, like a leather, uh, a leather book with all the fine notations in it. And we had to keep not, not, not by computer. We didn't have cell phones yet. <laughs> uh, there was, if you had a cell phone, it was one that was this big and was looked like a shoebox you were putting up to your ear. Right. Uh, but yes, but all the reservations were written by hand in a book and special little notes that Franco would put there, whether oh, oh, they, they sit on table 14. Put them on 14 uh, or whether it be an anniversary or a birthday or it was a particular food that he liked. So then uh, uh, Laura and I could come up and, and look at the book to see what they wanted. So we had that ready for them. Uh, it uh, Anything to touch that guest 
you know, to make them feel at home. When they walked in the Riviera, it was like walking in, walking, com coming home, but coming home in a sophisticated way that you felt so, so special when you left that restaurant. Okay, David. So I have been on the floor of the Riviera touching tables. That was such a favorite job of mine in my teenage years. Um, but I learned so much. So t take us through one of your most challenging dishes that you all would create there. One of the most challenging dishes was uh, a dish that we do for a, uh, a special feature of the evening. This was a dish that I learned how to make back in the Capitol Royal days that they would take out in the Gary Dome, big, beautiful silver Gary Dome, and they would have this dartois, okay, uh, on the cutting board there, and they would cut the dartois and serve the dartois for lunch for, uh, for a special at the, at the Cafe Royal. What this item is, is a, uh, a dish made with uh, three different mousses, okay? It's made with uh, salmon mousse, of course, it would come out bright orange, with mousse with Dover sole, which is nice and white. And then we do uh, a scallop mousse with saffron, which would be yellow. So this would all be encased in puff pastry. So you had an oval shape. So the outside had a black seaweed line, and then you'd have the orange, and then you'd have the, uh, uh, the white, and you'd have the yellow. And then down through the middle, we had marinated scallops with tarragon, all wrapped in puff pastry. So to making sure that all these mousses were exactly correct and perfect and to, to layer this and to make this the shape so it was just beautiful. So when you cut that, you had these beautiful oval shapes of, uh, of the mousses. And then that we'd serve that with uh, caviar butter. So, oh I mean, I mean how, how great is that, right? But, you know, uh, but what made the, that dish special also was the service that the Riviera had, you know, from the, uh, the food runners to the bus boys, to the back waiter, to the front raider, uh, to the captains. It was that old brigade system, as I talked about before. Uh, and doing that, you know, our captains knew their guests. When they came in for that second time, they knew that guest. And to have that team approach to make sure everything that was taken care of and one was watching the other in, in the other one's eyes was just incredible. Uh, you know, bread service, you know, baking our own bread, you know, uh, in-house uh, and, and having that fresh, you know, going out to the, down, out to the guests, you know, two, three times. Or the, you always had to have a, fresh piece of bread on that plate, Franco, you know, a beautiful, fresh butter. Then of course the China, Villeroy and Bach China, you know, in silver. I mean, the table setting, it just made you feel so much, so special, you know, and then you get a beautiful dartois as an appetizer. Oh my goodness. Delish. So I don't know if I, what price would that dish be even today? And is there anyone even attempting that? I, I, I don't, I don't recollect it, but I would have loved to have it. It sounds wonderful. Uh, no, I haven't seen that uh, for a long time. I did make it 
for uh, some special parties that I did uh, when I was at Del Frisco. Uh, but uh, that that would probably be a, you know, I would guess maybe with today prices in COVID, probably in upwards of, you know, $50, $50, you know. Uh, and sometimes we put lobster down the middle instead of uh, instead of scallops, you wow. know. Uh, but yeah, just an incredible dish. Just to see it visually was just beautiful. So you mentioned you've been a part of the teams of several restaurants in Dallas, as well as had your own restaurants. And I wanted to touch on just overall favorite dish for you. Favorite dish. My favorite dish to make and to prepare still today is a paella, paella a la Valencia, okay, with, you know, Valencia in Spain, yes. which I learned, I learned how to make Franco before he came to the United States. He worked uh, in London. Uh, and then before that, he had a restaurant where he got his start in, uh, in, in Spain. And uh, so he brought his chef over one, uh, one week, I think yeah, it was a week or 10 days, just to experience the United States after we opened up the Riviera. And he taught me how to make paella the old fashioned way. And oh my gosh, still today with the uh, arborio rice and the saffron broth and fresh mussels, uh, and chicken and bell peppers and uh, the chorizo sausage to give it just a little bit of kick, a little bit of spice. Uh, and then sometimes we put half a lobster tails in there and just that array of seafood and that beautiful color uh, and to get that beautiful crust on the bottom of the paella, you know, uh, it's 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 I like it also because it's a family dish. It's a, it's something you put in the center table, wow, and people go, wow, look at that, you know. And then everybody digs in with their spoons, and it's it's fun. It makes for family fun, also. Paella is a favorite of mine, and you can build a huge celebration around it. I went to one event where they had one beside, like on a big tray beside every table on a circular patio. It was really cool. Um, but wow. I did not know that was your favorite. And that is one of my favorite dishes. So excellent. Yes, it's 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 because of the, the flavor and it's it it takes, uh, you know, a little attention to detail, you know, to making sure things don't get overcooked and you get that nice crust on the bottom. But, uh, you know, after a little bit of practice, uh, it's it's just a delicious the flavors because all the flavors come out of the seafood and go into the rice. So it's it's oh, whew, it's good. So since we're talking about the 25th anniversary of Restaurant Week, David, you've participated in many through the years, and it always starts off with a preview week. Uh, we always had a kickoff event featuring you and, and many other chefs. Uh, we would sometimes reveal that fourth course. Um, those were fun occasions. The media would join us. Um, any memories of that time? Um, you know, why, why restaurant week was always, you know, something you looked forward to? Uh, restaurant week was something special we looked forward to, but also a lot of restaurants will say something that they didn't dread, but it became very difficult. 
because it would bring so many guests into your restaurant that would not have a chance or would not be able to try your food, maybe because of the cost of the food, right? So this gave the opportunity for them to come in and try a restaurant that they might never be able to try before. And with preview week, you know, it was special because we were able to create something that was our restaurant and unique to the restaurant, but yet something that we would be able to do for a lot of people because of the business that we would do uh, because of restaurant week, because we wanted to do as much as possible so we could raise as much money as possible. Uh, but to, to create that special dish that was be able to, to do, uh, to produce a lot of in, in a short amount of time, but yet to be special and to be from the heart, you know, was, was, uh, was, was challenging, but also very, very fun. And, you know, that's one thing I, I like about restaurant week is that you get to see people that you might not normally get to see. Right. And I don't think they realize how they touched the community with them coming into the restaurant and donating to restaurant week, how many miles they help feed. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And Yes, we did big numbers at the, at the Riviera, but Del Frisco, we were one of the top because of the, the three restaurants that we had and the volume that we could do. Uh, and just to be able to give that back to, to the Texas Food Bank that's always there for those people day after day after day was a great feeling. It was a very satisfying feeling. It's, it's, it's one thing that's great about being a chef is that you can give back and raise a lot of money doing something that you love, you know, and uh, cooking is, is our passion. Cooking is what we do. Cooking is what we love. So to be able to do that and to raise thousands and thousands of dollars for the Texas Food Bank was, uh, was a memorable experience. But walking out into the dining room, right, and saying hello to some of these families that would come in and see that smile on, them on their faces and seeing them enjoying uh, that food was so satisfying and so rewarding. And some of them for the very first time and just every special, even the little nuances, the special things you would do just for the, the tablescapes and the, and the, the service, you know, were it's maybe they hadn't experienced that before. So it was a really special, special treat. No, absolutely. Like I said, it might have been uh, the first time and only time they've been able to come into your restaurant, maybe the next year for restaurant week, you know, but, uh, but it was, it was a, a lot of it was for those first time guests, which they became maybe second time and third time guests. So they brought them, they brought them into the restaurant, but to be able to experience that package deal that we talked about before that the Riviera brought and also Del Frisco brought um, was incredible. And uh, like I said, to have something that you're so passionate about, be able to raise so much food for a great cause, so much money for a great cause was just incredible. So as we look back also over the last 25 years, we can't help but think of our colleagues, our dearest colleagues and team members that we loved. So I would love to ask you, who were some of the, your favorite friends, team members, maybe unsung heroes 
maybe, you know, that you wish people would know today that you had the, 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 the treat to work with? Uh, that is a good question. And I, I have two that just came to my mind as soon as I read the question. Uh, one is a, a great friend. Uh, his name is J.J. Flores. Uh, I started with him day one uh, at Del Frisco's. He, uh, he was a food runner. And uh, he had worked a couple days in the kitchen, but not, not very much. And through the next 15 years, right, J.J. Uh, was always there to help me at every private event, every charity event uh, that we'd go to, always giving uh, his heart and his soul. Uh, so I saw his passion that he had. So we slowly brought him to expedite sometimes in the kitchen. And then we brought him back in to learn the stations of the kitchen, right? And uh, then JJ became a sous chef. Uh, so right now, JJ is the, the sous chef of uh, D. Lincoln Prime. And wow. he has been a, he's been in management and a sous chef now for the last six years. And he's an incredible person because he always gives his heart. You know, he, it's, it's like I said, that he has that passion for food and the passion for people. And JJ has never said no to me. Anytime I would ask him to help with a cause or to help with something, he was always there and giving his heart and his soul. So JJ Flores, I love you, brother. And then the next one would be uh, Thomas Tristus. Thomas Tristus was the VP of culinary at Del Frisco's. So he was my boss. Uh, Thomas is, I think, 10 years younger than I am, but he is one of my mentors today. Uh, again, the passion and the love that he has for what he does and the dedication that he has for what he does is incredible. He's, he's tough, but he's fair. He holds you accountable, but he's always there for you. Uh, and when you talk to him, you're talking to him. You're looking in his eyes and you're talking to him. Like he's not, doesn't have 300 things going on, which he does, mm -hmm. right? But you're in focus, you're important. Uh, he's a great friend uh, today. In fact, I just talked to him earlier today and he is a great mentor because of how he treats people. He has a beautiful family, but somehow he always had time for you, always. So Chef Thomas, thank you. Wow, that's great. What a great tribute. Two great, two great men for sure. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Well, thank you, David, so much for what you've shared thus far. I, I hate to do this, but really, really have a love uh, for Jim White, as I know you do. And we, we lost him last week. And he's just a tireless promoter and such a creative guy. And what a voice. Um, and he will be sorely missed. So if you wouldn't mind, could you share with the viewers that may not have known Jim um, what he meant to Restaurant Week and, and really our local industry? Oh, talk about passion, passion for his craft and his trade. Uh, Jim had a big heart, very, very big heart, very kind man. Uh, it's like you'd go to an event, there's Jim, you go to another event, oh, there's Jim again. You know, <laughs> it's like he was one of those people that could never say no also. You know, he was always there to give. Um, and with restaurant week being one of his biggest passions, you know, it was, he was always there on top to be there to ask any, to answer any questions that you had to, to be a part of, uh, I remember one time, uh, on his restaurant show, uh, he invited myself onto his, his restaurant show and, uh, I brought my, uh, my son with me and, uh, Sterling was only, uh, it was Sterling and Avery. In fact, it was my son and my daughter. And they were probably, uh, you know, four and six. And they had their little headphones on. And he made them feel so special, you know. And, and you know, it's one thing with Restaurant Week and the other charity events that we do is that it's something that you teach your kids too. You know, when you go home, we did Restaurant Week. What's Restaurant Week, Dad? And it's a, it's a way that we can give back to the community and you teach them how important it is to give back. And Jim did that. You know, he taught us how important it was to give back to our community. Uh, and then one other good experience I remember with Jim is that uh, we did a, uh, and it was a preview for restaurant week and it was uh, a little internet clip of one of the items that, uh, that I was doing and uh, I can't remember what it was with, but it was with uh, uh, butter beans. And uh, Jim was there helping me set up, you know, putting the mise en place out. You know, he'd sit there and stir in the pot and ask the questions. And it, he just loved it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a job for him. It didn't seem like it was a job for him because he enjoyed it so much. Uh, Jim has given us so many great memories has touched the lives of so many people in the restaurant industry. Uh, it's incredible. And, uh, I wish him well, and I know, uh, he's being taken care of. So thank you. He's such a 
worthy of praise and such an ambassador for the industry. And uh, it also makes me think about the special core group of chefs, men and women, throughout our city, Dallas and Fort Worth, who make Restaurant Week what it is today, make our town, our city what it is today. So there's a special group of chefs that's really like, I call them the fierce wolf pack, <laughs> the, the core group of culinary talent. And you are, think of the, the three amigos or the magnificent seven, <laughs> it makes me think of. Um, tell us about some of your friends that you've come up with through the industry uh, by working in Dallas. Okay. Uh, well, I've been very, very fortunate that uh, from the very beginning to uh, establish some great relationships with some, some of the greatest chefs in, in Dallas. Uh, and all of them at some point in time have contributed to Restaurant Week. Whether they may not do at the present, they did in the past. Uh, and, you know, that team of chefs has also done many other charity events. Uh, and they're brothers, okay? We have, uh, you know, Dean Fearing, Richard Chamberlain, uh, Seve from Seve's Grill, Nick Barkley, uh, Kevin uh, Garvin from Neiman Marcus, and Ken Rathbun. I mean, what a team of people uh, when we get all together uh, is for the cattle barons ball to raise cancer for American cancer society, which of course we need. And is a great, great uh, uh, benefit, but uh, we've been doing that for over 25 years. And as a group of chefs cooking, doing something that they love, we have raised over two and a half million dollars for American cancer. That's a group of team of chefs that's passionate about what they do and don't know how to say no sometimes, you know, uh, and we're doing a dinner uh, a week from Saturday together and we're all looking forward to it because we get together, we have fun. It's not competition. It's, it's, I mean, we razz each other, get on each other, but it's all, it's all for fun. And again, like I said before, it's one thing, it's great being, uh, a chef is that you might not have the money to donate, but you can donate your skills and your passion and your time. And that's what we do. We donate our skills, our passion, and our time. And we do that for many charities. We do it for the restaurant week. That's, uh, that's year after year, raising great money for a great cause, the Texas food bank. And I'm very fortunate to be able to know all those chefs and be blessed to have them as my friends. And you've raised your kid, kids together. I mean, oh, absolutely. That time. Absolutely. And our, and our kids went to charity events, you know, the ones that they're able to go to, they were there at zoo to do, you know, helping and teaching them. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of our, some of our, our kids are in the industry, you know, whether it's part-time. I mean, my son's a, a server uh, going to uh, college down to uh, Texas A&M. Aggies! Yay! Uh, <clears throat> uh, so, you know, he's, he, he learned that passion and that love for food. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great being able to uh, call all those, all those chefs and many others, too you know, that I have, that have been mentors that, that are 
I'm their mentor or have been their mentor, you know, Dan Landsberg and Gilbert Garza, uh, you know, just, just great people that have such big hearts to give back to uh, the restaurant week. And they're, they're part of that tapestry as, as well of chefs and it goes on and on and on. So exactly. You all inspire one another. Well, speaking of inspiration, I know that um, there's many moments that make up your career um, and many heartwarming, many touching experiences. And are there anything in particular, um, interaction with a guest, interaction with a colleague you, you can share with us? Uh, yeah, I have a couple. Uh, you know, very fortunate uh, at the Riviera that uh, we were able to do two dinners for Julia Child. One was for her birthday, and then one was a fundraising dinner for the American Institute of Food and Wine. Wow. And, and to be able to cook a dinner for her, yes, the restaurant's for her and it's full and it's 70 people, uh, but to do that was such an honor and such a great feeling. And that one thing that was even more special is uh, after uh, we did one of her dinners for her, it was in 1990, uh, then Laura and I had won uh, the top 10 new chefs in America with Food Wine Magazine. And we were up in Aspen getting the award and you also do a reception. And we were doing one item that uh, uh, we had big sheets of homemade lavash, rosemary and sesame seed and uh, and, Julia Child came up and took a bite out of it. She goes, I remember this. You had this on that dish for me back in Dallas, didn't you? I mean, what an honor for her to remember something that David made and, and Lori made. You know, it was incredible. Uh, and then another funny story is uh, uh, Jacques Papin uh, came into the, uh, the restaurant one day and had dinner. And... Uh, we were doing, a, a, remember, this is back in the, in the 90s, right? Did a, a dessert with basil ice cream. And uh, he told the server, oh, these chefs, this crazy stuff, basil ice cream, this will never work. <laughs> <laughs> and now look at today. You know, now there's any type of ice cream that you can ever think of. Sure. Uh, but, but he was a very nice man. And we went out to talk to him. And uh, he, he was very, very cordial. And then one other one was Richard Simmons. Okay. Oh, we, wow. all know, we all know exercise Richard Simmons. Well, he was in with a group of people and uh, Lori was, was kind of going crazy uh, that, that he was in the restaurant and uh, went out to talk to him and invited him back into the kitchen. And he stopped the kitchen. Boom. All right. Time to exercise. Brought everyone up, right? And we're all doing jumping jacks for like two minutes, you know? And it, oh, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. But uh, oh, he was he was so funny. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so nice when you get people like that in your restaurant that, uh, that are passionate about what they do. One of another special dinner that, that we did was uh, to raise money for the Parkinson's Foundation. Mm. which sadly the shade that uh, would, uh, took Franco Bertolazzi's uh, life. Uh, but uh, we had Muhammad Ali in the restaurant and he was there to raise money. We had a special dinner 
just for uh, the foundation to raise money and to meet him and to shake his hand. And you look back at his life and what he's done and, and to just meet people like that, but that are caring. And, and like I say, they, they, it's, it's not a chore for them. They look in your eyes, they say, hello, and how are you? And they really care. So that was another special uh, event being able to cook dinner for, uh, for, uh, for the champ. And another way that restaurants have helped bring everybody together. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, for what you've shared. And, um, I always like to ask everyone, tell me something that I may not know that may not be on your resume, may not be in any articles we've read about you chef. And I think, um, I love to ask people where they got their start in food. So what, what was that for you, like for you? Well, uh, the first place I worked at, I was 16 years old, needed a job because I wanted to uh, buy a uh, dirt motorcycle so I could ride it around. Uh, I got a job at a restaurant called, this was back in Lancaster, Ohio, in central Ohio, called Blue Drummer Boy which was similar to like a Kentucky fried chicken. Uh, so of course you start out by cleaning pots and pans, you know, and then slowly you get up that you can start to learn how to bread the chicken and make the coleslaw. And uh, I mean, it was hard work. At 16, it was hard work. Uh, but one thing I loved is that uh, during our break, we were allowed to, if we wanted to eat, to go out and sit in the corner of the restaurant and, and have, what, uh, have what we ordered. And what I noticed is watching the people in the restaurant, the families coming in and talking and smiling and enjoying what food can do for people, for families, for the interaction, uh, that passion, uh, it's, it's incredible. And to see how it made people happy and put smiles on their faces. That's one thing we're kind of lucky in the food service business. You know, we have a tough shift, you know, a, a, a tough night and we just got nailed. And we're, oh my gosh. You go out and talk to two, three tables. Oh my gosh, David, that risotto, that was, I, I don't know how you did it. It was unbelievable. You know, instant gratification for, for what you do. And uh, so, yeah, Blue Drummer Boy, way back when, that gave me that, that, that feel that I wanted to cook. And it was actually the, uh, the manager of, uh, of that restaurant that suggested, David, I don't know if you heard about, which I did at the time, the Culinary Institute of America. And I learned that from him because he saw that passion in me and that I wanted to learn more. And uh, that's where I got my start. It set you on your journey. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Okay. Uh, and then also one other great place, then right after that, I, I applied for the CIA, but I didn't have enough experience. At that point in time, you had to have some really good experience to get into the Culinary Institute. So I worked for a, uh, uh, a restaurant called Shaw's, which was a steakhouse in Lancaster. But the, the chef in the kitchen was the, uh, there's the, the owner, uh, the owners was Gene Cork and Bruce Cork. Bruce worked in the front, Gene worked in the back. And she would make everything by scratch, everything. 
And uh, she took me under her wing for, uh, for a good year and, and showed me what it was like to, to cook and be able to cook for volume and, and to create some really cool dishes. And uh, uh, yes, I always remember her because uh, she, uh, she helped me with that passion and showed me her passion, which instilled in myself. Great. That's awesome to share. And everyone will love hearing your history and even more than they knew before. So thank you so much for your time today. And we look forward to this 25th year of rest of restaurant week. And you've been a huge part and we look forward to continuing this journey with you and, and seeing what you create next. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Lisa. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Chef Holden. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.